Welcome, dear listeners, to Satanist Next Door, where your hosts, Lillian Levine and Tommy Levine. Whether you're an open-minded, curious onlooker or fellow Satanists seeking camaraderie, our goal is to share our personal experiences and delve into the intricate tapestry of Satanism in our daily lives, occasionally inviting other guests to share their unique perspectives, leaving no pentagram unturned. We'll explore how our beliefs shape our views on society, dive into struggles and triumphs we've encountered, and reveal the humanity that unites us all. So grab your favorite chalice and join us on this captivating journey. Satanist Next Door is ready to peel back the curtain and offer you a glimpse into our world, one captivating episode at a time. Hello and welcome to another episode of Satan is Next Door. Um, today we are going to be talking about the subject of Alexei Navalny, um, given that he was just killed. And um, yeah, kind of take it from there, how that, you know, kind of relates and just our thoughts on it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, to put a kind of context around it, we often talk about things that relate to our lives and why they're important to us as Satanists, because Satanism is, you know, a lens through which we see a lot of the world. It's not all we are. It's not everything we are, but it is a very large part of who we are. And I think when you look at who Navalny was and what he was trying to accomplish, it becomes apparent that there is a connection. Um, so I had, we sat together and we had watched Navalny, which is a great documentary. I, I very much recommend it to people. Yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, it, it's on Max or used to be HBO, whatever streaming service you still have. So it's on it's on Max, yeah. the Max streaming service. And I we had, recommend it. We had watched it when he was alive. Yeah, a couple, like a year or two ago. Yeah, when it had first come out. Yeah. So we, we had watched it then, and I did feel a lot of that electric personality of who he was come through. Um, though we then just watched it again as I thought about what I wanted to discuss and what we were kind of trying to go for here. Um, and that was kind of what led us to have this, this conversation. Yeah. I think the other thing to keep in mind too, is, you know, a lot of times as, as we talk about Satanism and Satanists, we, we think of Satanism as uh, a lot of people think of Satanism as U S based, mm, but yes. Satanists are everywhere in the world. Mm hmm. You know, I mean, so there's Satanists in Russia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's Satanists in many other countries, um, and a lot of them. Even though we have, a, you know, a satanic panic growing over here, mm -hmm. a lot of them have had to live under the the shroud of holy fuck. If I get caught, you know, things could be really bad. Well, oppression in places like Russia, I think it's important. It has been ongoing generationally, and I think you know. One of the things about Navalny that struck people is it was this breath of it was this breath of air that they were afraid to actually breathe. It was this light that they dared to actually glimpse at from behind a long, long, dark tunnel that they felt was just the way life had to be. Um, and my major what what I found myself asking, what is it about this man that struck me so deeply? What what does he want? What did he do? What was it that he was fighting for? Um, and why is this so, so pertinent to me? And, um, you know, as I watched it, it was his in 
indomitable spirit that inspired me. I looked at the things that were happening here in America and in so many places around the world, and I knew in what he was trying to accomplish that he was right. He spoke for all of the free world. He captured the spirit of who we are, and the majority of us are. We truly just want the freedom to live our lives. And I wrote that as I was listening and watching today. Um, and I asked myself, well, how does any of this relate to Satanism? You know, if I'm going to have a conversation about it, what what is the relation? Alexei Navalny was not a Satanist. He did not in any way represent religion and what he was trying to accomplish. He has no connection whatsoever. And But I'm looking at this from the perspective of mm-hmm. my Satanism, my experience as an individual and how it connects. Um, so... I'm going to kind of go back to what it is that it relates to in relation to the tenants, because that's the way we often will conceptualize something and understand how, you know, it relates. So we'll start with the first one. Navalny's fight against corruption and for political reform in Russia can be seen as a form of compassion for his fellow citizens, striving to create a more just and equitable society. The struggle for justice, something that Navalny embodied through his anti-corruption efforts and his personal sacrifices in the face of legal and physical attacks. Um, Navalny, in the third tenant, advocated for personal freedom and rights. He fought for political freedom and for transparency. Uh, Navalny, in relation to the fourth tenant, pushed for a more open and free society where dissenting views against the government can be expressed without fear of repression. Uh, Navalny focused on an evidence-based approach to expose corruption, and he relied on factual information in order to challenge the status quo. He saw the world as it was, and he challenged it. The sixth tenant recognizes human fallibility. Now, he was not a perfect person. There are definitely things that he did in the process of his life and in this journey that people could say they were issue with. Yep. Um, but in the sixth tenant, we recognize the human fallibility and the importance of acknowledging when one is wrong. While more personal in scope, this tenant's emphasis on humility and learning can be tangentially related to Navalny's broader mission on holding those in power accountable for their mistakes and their corruption. Uh, Looking at this as a whole, we can see that the guiding ideals designed to inspire nobility in action shows a broad alignment with Navalny's efforts to inspire change and address injustices in Russian society. And one could argue even further than that around the world. But he was focused on Russia in specific. Um, While Alexei Navalny's activism wasn't in any way religiously motivated or connected to Satanism, certain principles he stands for, such as justice, the importance of evidence and reason in public discourse, and the defense of personal freedoms, show a philosophical overlap with the tenets we as Satanists value, align with, and strive to embody. Navalny's focus on political and social reform and not religious or spiritual matters, but his actions absolutely embody the values that we as Satanists fight to also uphold, especially in terms of advocating for justice, transparency, and challenging authority through reason, argument, and evidence. And so many gave so much. Alexei Navalny gave his life for a dream of a free Russia. Yulia, his wife, gave up her freedom. I mean, from that moment on, she was always going to be known. Gave, gave up her up husband. Her heart, her passion, yeah. her husband, the man she loved for the country he dreamed of giving true freedom. Dasha, his daughter, and she described this herself from the age of 13. She lived with the ever-present fear that her father would be taken from her forever. Mm-hmm. He missed out on her high school graduation because he was falsely imprisoned, not for the first time, uh, and he was consistently removed from her life. And, and yes, you could argue that he chose that, but she much like her father said, it was worth it. It was worth every moment Mm -hmm. 
um, because the f- the thing he fought for was not just for him; it was for her. It was for everyone um, to have those freedoms. And then Zakhar and I apologize if I said his name wrong. He sacrificed his childhood. He has um, he's a very much the same age as one of my own children. And imagining just your life, knowing that your dad, what he's going through, what you're going through, what you're missing, the holes in your life. And I think you know, as I hear what uh, people from Russia are are sharing, that loss of of a stable parental figure is something that they they are all feeling. Um, you know, yesterday on the news, one of the people that were speaking about him said, you know, he was and is this larger-than-life figure, almost superhuman, mm-hmm. something that seemed supernatural. You know, they tried to kill him and, and, failed, and failed. The first, yeah, the first time. And, um, you know, they said he had to be our Washington. He had to be that person for us that broke through this cycle that made a change that we could finally begin to move forward as a people. And so, you know, when you look at that and what what Putin did in killing him, um, I think truly he only made Navalny stronger because that heartbeat that he no longer has is now the heartbeat of an entire society. Yeah, in a sense. I mean, I, you know, I... I I don't know if this is this is Oops, sorry. In, entirely accurate right now, but um, you know it, it, he could have made him a martyr. Um, you know, I I don't know how the Russian people feel about no, I him. I don't pretend uh, to, yeah. you know, and I don't pretend to. But there there is sort of that chance there that um, you know, and it was it was interesting when we were watching it. They were so afraid to even say his name. Oh, yeah. You, you know, Putin wouldn't say his name. The Kremlin channels, they wouldn't say his name. They would say the man in the hospital in Berlin. He, he him, the, that individual. The, that individual, the the leftist or or liberal, whatever, you know. This, and it's it's weird. Yeah. It's the same talking points you hear from, and from for the Agitop, MAGA and Christian. Agitprop terms used here. Yeah. Um, and, and keep in mind. That Russia, much like Germany before, uh, carried on the same, the same presence of like holding this false news, this misinformation. A lot of the things we're dealing with now has been greatly inspired by the agitprop, agitprop that Russia so deeply values as a way to control people, um, and it has become a very dangerous weapon here in our own country. Yeah. Um, so I, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, you know, it's I saw what he was trying to accomplish in Russia and, and how many people were behind him, backing him, um, even if they had to do that in silence. And yet I see how there is a conservative movement in America that is trying to run towards Putin, Putin mm-hmm. and authoritarian type. Um, you know, government, they, they, they are not shy saying that's what they want to change America into either a theocracy or an autocracy that is Christian based or something like that. And, and that's like, holy shit. I mean, you know, so it it was fucker Carlson when he went to hang out in Russia (laughs) with his big daddy Putin made sure to let people know how much better he thought things were, even though as he went shopping for all of these things, which he spent, I believe he said 200 US dollars on, he's not taking into account the very real fact that people there do not make that amount of money to shop in that way on a routine basis. This is a luxurious shopping trip that he took. He is trying to equate what living here and living there are somehow the same thing, Mm -hmm. um, and they are in no way. Although, 
they're working very hard to to make it a yeah. reality here and in their banning lgbtq individuals from even having any kind of lgbtq um clothing or coloring books um, books same sort of crap you see here you know they're they're told they can't uh, there's people today and there will be for I, I believe many days and i hope they recognize the power and what they're doing um you know i support what they're doing they can't even mourn publicly alexi's death without fret of jail i believe one person was sentenced to 15 days in jail which sounds like nothing right but every day for a russian individual that they cannot work is that much closer to having absolutely nothing is to losing everything it's you know the treatment of jail it is not the same thing you experience here in the united states yeah yeah i i mean and so it just kind of baffles me when i when i watch and i see people that are embracing you know going authoritarian extremism backwards to something like yeah. that um and, and yet you see somebody that um like him that that was was really for whatever faults he had mm -hmm. was was trying to move russia into a in, into a more free democratic humanitarian yeah, yeah less corrupt more democratic um environment and again, for that, they, they tried to kill him once, messed up, um, you know, and, and, and he could have stayed in exile. And, and you and I kind of had some discussion back and forth about that, um, which I'll kind of leave that discussion uh, on the side, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he could have stayed in exile, but he didn't. You know, he went back. And I think that just shows how much Russia meant to him. Mm. Um, I know. think it speaks to what the average Russian person, and I think it's true here also in America, their country is their heart. They truly believe in everything that they have worked for, what they have, the freedoms that they believe, you know, every individual should have just to live their life. Um, and I believe from all the friends that I've had from Russia, from all the people I know, they are a very proud people and with reason. They're very hardworking. They're very intelligent. They're very driven people. Um, but they're highly oppressed generationally. Mm -hmm. And even though they've lived through this deep oppression, they've maintained throughout a, a large part of the society this, this hope, these dreams, this dream of a free tomorrow. Yeah. And... You know, again, our, our, I, I look at the fight as a fight against Putin because everything that Putin has been doing, um, you know, you look at Ukraine, that's that's Putin. That's, yeah. that's Putin pushing that. And um, you never know what another individual would have done. True. But I don't think there would be the same situation um, if Putin wasn't there. Well, I know. I, I don't think he'll stop at Ukraine. I don't think no. anyone with a rational mind sees that as, as the truth when you hear it over and over. He just wants to take back what's his. Think about what the USSR encompassed, okay? that That's a very large area and will affect billions of people's lives. I'm not just talking the people whose land he wants to take, whose livelihoods he wants to destroy, whose families he wants to uproot, and, and whose lives he will inevitably want to end. But uh, the, greater, the greater society Society and what that does and what he's done to our country and um, the constant you know interference even when you know trump ran initially and he said you know hey russia if you're listening if you've got the emails yeah, yeah. so i mean this has been embroiled in our political life for a long time but it wasn't really until that moment when a lot of society goes oh 
they're much more involved than we realized. Um, you know, and that's not uncommon with great powers. But another thing, you know, when you think about Navalny, at one point he was on his way to court and um I feel like he summed up what a truly living means. You know, he, he quoted Rick and Morty, which is a fun show, but um he said to live is to risk it all. Otherwise, you're just an inert chunk of randomly assembled molecules drifting wherever the universe blows you. And I think, you know, he's saying you have to stand for something. Mm -hmm. We're all here. If you want to make life meaningful, you have to do something and mean it. Yeah. I I really thought it was important that in, in the documentary at the end, they grabbed a, you know, they kind of asked him for a statement of what he would want to leave what message he would want to leave behind to Russians um, if he was jailed or killed. And and I noticed in that I look for little subtle things sometimes as, when I'm watching people. And he said, um, he, he answered back and he answered back with uh, when they kill me was, was yeah, his, his, yeah. So, I mean, he knew what he was going back to, um, but I think you captured. I did, yeah. What, and it was and, he, he was asked twice. He was asked once, you know, and then he was asked in Russian, you know, would you would you explain it? So in English, he said, "My message for the situation when I am killed is simple: don't don't give up." Um, then he goes on to say in Russian. Um, obviously, I'm not a proficient Russian speaker, so I will use the translation. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I've got something very obvious to tell you. You're not allowed to give up. If they decide to kill me. It means that we are incredibly strong. We need to utilize this power to not give up, to remember we are a huge power that is being oppressed by these bad dudes. And I love that because it's very Navalny. He always found a way to be funny, even in the difficult times. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't realize how strong we actually are. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good people to do nothing. So be, so don't be inactive. And I'm inclined to agree with him. We don't, I don't feel, we, we don't realize how strong we actually are as a people when we work together, even when we don't always agree. And it's well past time we take a good look and discover that strength, the strength that Alexei Navalny saw in all of us. And I think that's what inspired me to have this conversation because I think we are so fragmented as a society that we pock pop each other into these little boxes and we place little labels on one another and we're failing to see that all the while we're giving up everything that allows us to have freedom the freedom that we love even to disagree with one another even to try and tell people how they think people should live which i don't agree with but those are freedoms and even those with the most extreme views don't seem to realize that there is an extreme view even further than that that will be imposed upon them uh, and so if we don't work together to stop Everyone from trying to impose these things, from taking away our freedoms to have bodily autonomy, to have the right to free speech, to all these things we value are very much on the line. And it's not so far-fetched because we've talked about it before that, you know, what it is to live in Russia, what it is to live in a lot of these authoritarian places could very much be what it is to live in America. Yeah, I mean, 2024 could, could set the tone for that. I also saw something in in there that I don't know if I could have could have done um you know the way, when he was getting the evidence to um you know kind of show to to prove that there was an assassination attempt on mm -hmm. him you know they were calling these different military people in and and scientists and at first he tried to direct you know approach and he got hung up on a bunch of times um 
But then he 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 did more of a I'm this person, you know, kind of made it seem like he was an official and he needed to get a report. And he got the scientist to basically confess to, to everything that happened, you know, as if he was giving the report. It shouldn't have gone down like this. He was supposed to die. There were circumstances that we didn't come up with. And when they hung up with him, they looked and they said, he's dead. You know, he'll be he'll be killed. And then he said, should we try and get him out? It's only the humanitarian thing yeah, to do. Yeah, I believe it's actually the the gentleman with him. Yeah, and, and he agreed. And I was like, I thought to myself, I was like, I don't think I could try and rescue somebody that just tried to kill me. But that's that's me, like personally, and and that just showed you know the difference. The you character, you could, yeah. You, I know you would. You know you would. You well, have that empathy that be, because in reality, right? You know it's not going to just be old. Well, it could. It could be a quick thing. You know, it could. But the reality is, this was a rather large um, fuck up on behalf of this individual who who did speak. And from what I know, uh, to this day, they've never been able to locate them, um, and they will never, unless you know they decide to just be funny about it. Um, and he did somehow not get killed, or they find out a duplicate person. But um, you know. He knows what it will be. He knew. Yeah, he knew. He, going back into Russia, which he deeply felt compelled to do, you saw the weight of it on his face. He knew what he was going into. Yeah. Um, and that was going to a gulag. You know, he knew eventually he would he would probably be killed, but they didn't do it right off. They, they sent him to a couple gulags first. Um, I know he survived a hunger strike that he... He put on for about 20 days or something like that at yeah. the very beginning. Um, but yeah. then eventually they... And it was it was Christo Grozev from Bellingcat um, who, who said, you know, we should we should connect with him and, and give him the opportunity to, you know, it's the humanitarian thing yeah, to do. Yeah, to try and get him out. Yeah, and I believe, you know, Yulia and, and um, Navalny all agreed, yeah, he's, he's dead otherwise. Yeah. And honestly... Once those calls were already going out and other people had been contacted, it was it was only a matter of time. Yeah, I imagine it was a matter of minutes, you know, minutes, hours. Oh, and I don't know. I, right. I'm presuming. But they were they were never able to contact him again or find him. So but but my point was, even though this person attempted to kill him, he, he was he, he was still thinking we should get this person out. It's a humanitarian right. thing to do, which. I was just kind of like, wow, I don't think I could do that. Wow. And, you know, is that truly how he felt? Was it something he felt compelled to say? I don't know. And I won't pretend to know. But I do feel when you look at the sum total of all he tried to do and what he risked and eventually lost in in the process of doing it, it was who he was. Um, He wanted a better life for his children. He wanted a better life for his country. And I think the parallels here are we... We are fighting for the same thing here in our own country. And in many countries around the world, there's this overwhelming sentiment to lean towards the darker side of, you know, our humanity, the very negative impulses that create these situations and make us become nationalists, that make us fear people who are different, that make us, you know, stick within our very small, narrow view of what is okay in the world and miss out on the experience of being human. Yeah, I mean, the the whole nationalist isolationist thing, I, I, it doesn't make sense in this. We're a global economy. We're a global world. I mean, our, our, our economy, our goods, everything, this is, this is, you know, we live in a global world now. When you become an isolationist, you 
cut off so much of that and and it makes it less safe but that's that's a different story that's a different topic um there was another part in there that you know because like you said he he kind of even at his rallies even while he was talking and stuff like that he would he would sort of try and make light of right the dark situation humor that people that he, used yeah, to cope with things yeah. yeah the dark humor that we all used to cope with things and and at one of his at one of his rallies you know, he was calling um, he, he was calling Putin a liar and, and the crowd was cheering it back. You know, they were they were saying it back. And then at the end and, and you could see people and there was this guy on camera and he's smiling, he's laughing and, and he's like, yeah, liar. And then at the end, he kind of jokes and he says, it's, you know, up. Oh, Putin can see it now. And you could see the second that that person realized, holy shit, I'm on camera. And I said that because their face completely changed. Mm-hmm. It was it was fear. But that's what it is to live under the constant state of oppression and to see that shift so drastic where you're you're happy, you're finally speaking up, you feel this sense of freedom, this this lift of the weight that's ever present on your shoulders, and then you realize the weight isn't actually gone. Yeah. Holy shit, I could be in prison because I was here. I was here and, and I, I said something. That. Yeah. Right. And that is what is so frightening that there are so many people in America trying to run to that type we, of environment. We saw that beginning because there was a period where we were watching the news under, you know, Trump's presidency and a CNN reporter was doing a report and here come the police arresting him and his crew for doing their job, which was to report on what was happening for better or worse to be there and to have a report on the situation. And the police came and arrested them. They were released, but it was that sort of beginning towards that authoritarian slide. And very clearly this regime has very much stated that these news operatives, these news operations, these um, individuals who have these opinions about me are all gone. They're yeah, done. They're, if they're I, if I get elected, or yeah. shut down or something like that. Um, and we also we also saw it with the that whole upside down Bible the fiasco crap. sort of thing, <laughs> right? What we didn't know at the time right. was apparently behind the scenes he had a conversation. Well, just shoot him in the leg. It's like a little flesh wound. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And people are like, um, sir, you, you actually you, can't do that. Can't do that. You're not even supposed to do what they did, which was take the, the military and move people, prote- you know, peaceful protesters right. and all of that out of the way so he could have a photo op. So, so you, again, you th- it's that slow slide toward the authoritarian, you know, dictator crap. And he loved dictators. Oh, still loves them. I mean, still, you know, I mean, the, the whole MAGA Christian nationalist movement from, and that's what it, you know, people are like, well, if Trump, you know, if Trump passes away or if Trump gets knocked out, I'm sorry to say when Trump eventually goes, that's not the end. No, this is an entire movement in America. And the sad part is if there was a younger, more charismatic um, person up there and Trump's ego didn't get in the way and he would have let somebody else run, there is a very good possibility we would have fucking walked right into an authoritarian theocratic government. Yeah. And there was recently this really good in Texas Monthly piece about an individual, a billionaire here in Texas, all um, called Tim Dunn. Tim Dunn is an incredibly charismatic, wealthy billionaire who has his heart set on turning not only Texas, but that's where he's starting because that's where he's at, where he is, Texas and much of the South into a theocratic 
Um, a Christian nationalist, theocratic. Yeah, he, he's not. He doesn't hold back about it. Nope. He's very forward about it. And um, his goal with his millions and billions, billions, yeah, billions, the millions that he gives out in in large sum to different organizations that back conservative ideals. His whole goal is to create God's, you know, reign on earth. Yeah, God's. Con- I mean, Texas. He sees Texas as as God's state. Yes. Um, and the U.S. as God's country. Not hyperbole. The actual factual things that he works for. Again, a billionaire that is very happy to spend his money. And he does it in an intelligent way. So when he vets people and when he um, has politicians working for him, they're given a grading scale. In order to get funding, they have to receive, I think it was 90s it's, or 100s. Uh, over a 70 at least. You're, I think it was 80 You're and good up. in the 80s, 90s, and 100. Right. But once you fall below a 70, yeah. he primaries you out. Right. And and it very successfully does so. Anything above, you know, that 80 and 90, you, you receive funding. Yeah. And how much funding you get is depending on how much you vote for the things that he wants you to vote for. So it's all contingent on following his every whim. Um, and it's incredibly intelligent. You're, you're financially motivating individuals who need finance. Mm-hmm. And um, they are literally lining their pockets with this man's money and selling all of their constituents to do it. Yeah. There's a very good... It's long because it's a very in-depth article. Yeah. Um, this reporter did a really good job of, of going into it. Um, just Google Texas Monthly Tim Dodd. Dunn. Or Dunn. Yeah, Tim Dunn. Tim Dunn. Mm-hmm. D-U-N, right? D-U-N-N. Yeah, D-U-N-N. Um, and uh, and you'll, you should find the article. And it if, if that doesn't make you say, holy shit, we have along deep with what else, problems. Yeah, what else is going on um, in yeah. these movements? And it doesn't matter if you're a Satanist or not. I mean, as as we talked a little bit last week about these two different bills um, in Arizona and Iowa, we so it, it was kind of ironic because a couple of weeks ago we talked about Arizona and we said, "Wait, more bills will be coming." We, we didn't expect it to be coming quite so soon. Right. Then that week, Iowa came, which was a very similar bill, just a little bit more fleshed out and all of that. And then after after that, we saw them do exactly what we said, hey, this is the example of, you know, you don't have to be a Satanist. If you don't go along with them, they're going to label, label you a Satanist. So the one senator that spoke out in the committee in mm-hmm. Arizona and said, wait a minute, these are constitutional rights you're going after. It doesn't matter if they're Satanists or anybody else. You're going after constitutional rights here. Well, immediately... Now he's labeled as a Satanist or working alongside of Satan and Satanism and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that is how quickly it happens. Yeah. And and that's why I felt that this this what happened, you know, because Putin is an entirely like giant coward. Uh, he couldn't even say the name of a man who he was terrified by because of what that man, what Navalny represented and the threat of what he was representing to to everything that he had built. Uh, his corruption and his fear mongering and it's the same thing they labeled him um, a liberal an extremist a drug addict uh, immoral gay yeah they just went down the hole you name it it's the exact same thing they do every single time they associate it so we as satanists are constantly saying fine you want to call us all these things fine 
call me whatever you like. I'm still here. I still have rights. I'm going to stand up. So I will take all the crap you're giving me and I'm going to just build a garden on top of it and see how you like that. And that is, that's the spirit that I was moved by. That's what I felt the relationship to this moment in history was. I mean, we've seen it before with things like Mandela. We've seen it before um, in different individuals who said, no, enough's enough. I have to do something for these people. They matter too much. The future matters too much. And we're here again. The future matters too much. We can't sit idly by. We have to work together, whether or not we all agree, whether or not we can uh, see eye to eye on tons of different topics. Do you want your freedom? Yeah. I mean, that's that's why I just I kind of shake my head when I see, you know, people bickering over stupid shit. I'm like, you know, you're 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 bickering over a denomination or, or or whatever it is. You know, it's like, you know, let's let's move past that. Look, maybe in the future we can argue about that again. You know, I I actually look forward to an environment where the only thing we have to worry about is arguing about who is a better insert, whatever, who's a better Satanist, who's a better this than, you know, I mean, that would be a wonderful environment to be back in, but we're not there. We're we're so far beyond that. I'd like to be able to just have discussions over fundamentally, and yet we can't even agree on the most simple things. And, And make no mistake, as a Satanist, we're not trying to instill our laws and values, our religion through legal systems as other religions are what what we as satanists want is for everyone to have the right to decide what's best for them and their lives even if that's hating me if you want to hate me go ahead what you don't have a right to do is force me to live according to your ideology i don't have a right to force you to live according to my ideology i want you to have the right to live according to your ideology and accept that that only applies to your life yeah and and that's the that's the part so many People don't seem to understand. They love the, the, you know, they throw up the freedom of religion, but they forget that means other religions, right. not just their religion. And so, yes, as as Satanists, yes, we we fight things in court. But what we're fighting in court is not to pass new laws or anything. What we're fighting in court is to say, well, if they have this right, we have that exact same right. Mm-hmm. That that's that's our rights. That's what the Constitution says, and so we deserve to have those, right? Just the same as anybody else. And for better or worse, you know, religious studies can be very beneficial to some individuals, including Christian studies, Jewish studies, Muslim studies, Satanic studies. You know, insert religion here. There are positive things to each of those beliefs when applied appropriately to one's life. Uh, so I don't believe religion should be removed. I don't think that it should not be a topic of conversation. I don't think it should not be provided educationally to individuals in a diverse way where you're actually discussing all of them, the way they interact with one another and what they mean individually. What I don't believe in, what I don't won't support is that this is a Christian nation. Christianity is all there is and one very narrow version of Christianity and, you know, that everyone has to just fall in line behind those beliefs. I will not support that and I will not stand by while that is what's pushed on our society. Yeah, I mean, so... You know, we've said it quite a few times. Inaction is still an action. Yeah. You, you can argue, well, we don't we don't do anything because we don't believe the well act, you are doing something by doing nothing. Inaction is an action. Whether you like it or not, it is. It's it's just a simple fact. And so if your action is inaction, fine. That's that's your decision. But 
shut the fuck up when, you know, you're complaining that something was taken from you or that you can't do this or that or whatnot. You're handing it to them on a silver platter. It being your freedoms, it being your rights, it being your independence. You are handing up all of these values that you hold so dear on a silver platter every time you don't vote every time you don't choose to do something that is supported by your deeply held convictions when you sit idly by and do nothing but complain you are in effect doing everything you hate yeah a little worked up there sorry no. <laughs> one back one back back it up deep breath <laughs> deep breath, deep breath. Yeah. hum hum yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. It's hard not to be impassioned, and I find it difficult not to have a great sense of emotional overwhelm when I discuss these things because so much is on the line. Whether or not you agree with me, whether or not I agree with you, you have the right to your opinion as I have the right to mine. I will always fight for you to have the right to have a voice, even if I don't like what you have to say, unless you're calling for the death or harm of other people. There's no protection to that. There shouldn't be protection to that. I cannot stand by and support taking away people's rights or wishing harm on other individuals. It's not okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I I guess this news this week wasn't a surprise that it was coming. I I mean, I I was honestly, I was surprised that they they hadn't killed him. um, I think the timing is interesting. The timing was interesting because it happened right after a few statements were said you know basically do whatever you want you know know, there was this whole thing that happened and then yeah i I don't have it in front of me but i do read a lot of different things so i apologize if i put the wrong author with it but i believe fiona hill is an expert on um vladimir putin writes a lot of really interesting things and she talks about the intent with which he does uh the things that he does so it's important to understand that this timing may seem innocuous but more likely than not i mean there's a presidency coming up uh navalny's existence was very much it flew in the face of everything he stood for in some ways i think he believed it it signaled weakness uh, which you cannot afford especially as a dictator and you can look through history they all feared that uh, you know hitler mussolini all of them he when they being felt putin, putin felt, felt, felt that, that it was he a was weak if he allowed navalny to exist you know throughout this this next phase of his you know upcoming election so i mean i think when you look at the world right now there's so many things up in the air and it's incumbent on each of us to educate ourselves about that and to vote with a conscience about what the future should be for those we're leaving it to. Yeah. I even I even saw um, on social media, and I don't know how much this will actually happen in real life, because again... Take social I, media with a grain of salt. Yeah. But I, I know there was a call to write in Navalny's name uh, on, on the election. And, and I uh, know that comes with great right. risk. That's that's what I mean. I, I don't know, given... I've I've never lived in Russia. I've never voted in Russia, so right. I, don't I don't know, know how, the system, how the system works. I don't know if like then your name's attached to it, and all of a sudden you can wind up in but jail I, for I doing that. I think that's what Navalny was trying to Im- impress upon people: is that living in itself is a risk. What are you living for? You know, it's not just <clears throat> what Russian individuals are fighting for today. It's whether or not they'll have the ability to fight tomorrow how much more oppressive will it get because it can always get worse it can always get worse to say i don't want to rock the boat because i don't want things to get worse is a misnomer you're missing the point they can always make it worse yeah look at afghanistan i mean you know it can and even there it can get worse 
Trust me. I mean, it, it can. History has shown us. And our country is not safe from this reality. It can always get worse. I want you all to remember that we have the reins in our hands still right now, today. We can still affect the course of this. We can still turn it before it goes too far down the road and we get stuck in the mire of oppression and authoritarian hate that we can't easily wiggle our way out and we need to work together to pull the wheels out of that mud. We still have the chance to turn from that road. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I just, I kind of fall back on the point that I was trying to make a couple of weeks ago is some people look at those bills and they say, well, I'm not a Satanist, so this doesn't matter to me. Or I don't like Satanists. Or I'm a different kind of Satanist. Or whatever the fuck you want to put in there. At the end of the day, if you're doing something that um, a regime or, or uh, you know, Christian nationalists, if they get power, don't like, you're Satanist. Whether you like it or not, you're Satanist. And you fall under that law. And other people they can deem satanic are also under that law. Mm -hmm. So think wisely, intelligently, with a heart towards the future. Yeah. Like I said, I just, I I found it disturbing that Mm. you had somebody like Navalny that was, you know, pushing freedom in a, in a country like Russia against a dictator like Putin. And yet we have so many people in America running towards Putin. All too happy to follow on behind him. An authoritarian type. Or a man regime. who embodies right, the right. worst of our country, the worst of what we have to offer, who stands there and makes up an absolutely ludicrous lie about a conversation he had with other leaders where he states very blatantly that he would sell them off to the highest bidder and unless they were willing to live through extortion, pay to play, they would just be at the whims of whoever decided to attack them. That's yeah. not acceptable. <laughs> the only time that any of these things have been invoked, have been invoked in behalf of the United States. How dare we, on a global stage, stand there and pretend as though we are not the biggest beneficiary of these rights? Yeah. Article 5 was, was only implemented once, and it was after 9-11. Yeah. And it was for the United States. So, so keep that in mind. You don't get to stand there and use something and then deny it to others with the threat of financial extortion. Yeah, it's, it's not a mafia Oh, he sort sounds of, like the cheap movie version of a mobster. Yeah, like going into the shop. If you don't, it, you know, where's your protection money? Because if not, Vinny's going to come by and, bust you know, up bust your up your shop. Is exactly how it it sounded, and that's exactly what he was saying. It was, you know, it, so yeah, a little but, bit. Yeah, we're we're getting a little off on bit a tangent. off subject, but this but is what it represented. On, yeah. What was on my mind when this news came across? I was really crushed. I I was heartbroken for so many reasons for for the country, for his family, for all the people that looked at him as this symbol of freedom, just impending freedom on the horizon, and how crushing. The news was, and I hope they don't lose heart because he said, do not give up. He said, keep fighting. He said, this is a sign of our strength. The fact that they would kill me because I represent you only shows how strong you are. Yeah. And and I know that's that's sort of why we, we had a couple other topics that we were we were debating this week, but quickly moved to this just because how crushing this news was to you. Um, it was. He was someone that I felt very inspired by as an individual. Again, none of us are perfect. We all, you know, have our areas where yep. we could improve as people. But what he stood for, what he fought for, what he did, what he risked, what he lost, it really hit 
me strong. I'm a person who saw what happened when one of our, you know, satanic monuments or not monument, but our satanic um, altar was, was essentially destroyed. And it was just a symbolic display of Baphomet. It was not some worship to the dark Lord Satan who we don't believe exists in the first place. But when I watched this insane man drive states away to to lay waste to something people had put their heart into to represent their congregation in a multi-religious display setting where the you know nativity was not but a little ways away and when i saw this i felt so defeated in a way and it hurt me deeply yeah um you know the risk to our lives to our congregants to everything we do is under this scrutiny and under this danger and watching it happen to someone who represented everything opposing that mentality was just another just very strong reality hit to to you know what these people are willing to do to take away our hope yeah so i don't know i mean i i I think anybody in any minority community whether you know whether it's religious whether cultural cultural what mm-hmm. whatever minority community everybody's at risk right now um and, and, and that should be what brings us together yeah and that's what i saw at least uh Navalny trying to do yeah we may not know. always agree there may be things about what others stand for i find detestable and yet i realize that the shared goal of trying to defeat what prevents us from being free is worth fighting for and then i can go on from there when that is taken care of to to then say hey now let's discuss these other things that i don't think are good or healthy or right um but you have to understand to get past that big hurdle you have to work together toward that goal yeah so i don't know i i think um it's probably a pretty good yeah. place to to end it um just be mindful of your power we all have that power and together we have it all the more magnified and amplified um and we can capitalize on that and we can use that to truly affect positive change yeah we all we're all strong so all right well with that (laughs) (laughs) yes good morning good afternoon and good night to all of those who are listening and a hearty hail satan and hail you hail satan hail you